Had a great afternoon spending time with, uh, with brethren, and it's always good to be able to enjoy Sunday one another and to be able to reflect upon the goodness of our King in heaven. Well, it is one of the most popular verses in the Bible. It's found in the Old Testament, and it's often seen on Facebook as a scripture that may be used to provide comfort, strength, and hope. It may be also found in many homes where it's hanging up maybe in the kitchen or somewhere else in the house. I'm referring to the passage that's found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11. Are you familiar with this passage? Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11. We'll see if the slide will come up here. Let's see here. All right, there it is. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Go back a little bit. That will work. Maybe not. All right, we'll just leave it there. That will work for right now. For Jeremiah said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Are you familiar with that passage? Uh, It's a popular passage that a lot of people go to, and when you read it, it's a very encouraging passage. Now, this passage of Scripture has been used by many to motivate others of the great things that, that God has in store for them. Many believe that if they are patient, God will unveil a marvelous plan for them and their future. Some believe that with this passage here, it's a reminder that God is going to rescue them from whatever circumstance they may find themselves in. In fact, a, a number of years, or a few years ago, there was something I saw on Facebook. Uh, seven great Bible verses to share on Facebook, and this was a passage to share with respect to hope. It came in at number four, and here's what someone said. While some of your friends seem to have found their calling in life, some may be waiting for their next big break. Whether it's from a job loss, midlife crisis, or something unexpected, patiently waiting for God to reveal his plan for your life can be grueling. Share this encouraging reminder. A lot of people go to this passage and say, well, this is what this passage is saying. This is what it's all about. We certainly serve a great God who will provide for us. But does that passage really mean that? Is Jeremiah 29 verse 11 really talking to us about how God is going to provide for us the things that we may need or certain desires that we may have? Does it really mean that? There are a lot of different passages that are often thrown, thrown out and used in a variety of ways. Popular passages where if all you did was to read that one verse, you could look at it and you, could, you might be able to say yes. If you, all you did were, was to look at Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11, then maybe you could say yes, that's what it means. That, that God is going to rescue me from my circumstances and my difficult situations. And he's going to provide me that thing that I've been looking for, whether it's a, a house or a new car or a spouse or whoever or whatever it may be. The only problem with that is that when we begin to shed light on this passage, looking at the verses surrounding this one verse, and even looking at a bigger bigger scope of looking at the book of Jeremiah as a whole, it has a totally different meaning than what a lot of people think. And so tonight, I want to look at Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11. What exactly does it mean? It is a great passage. It is in the Word of God, and we need to know what this passage means. And so what we're going to do, we're going to study in the book of Jeremiah for a few minutes. And I want to do three things. First, I want to begin by looking at the background of the book of Jeremiah. Now, as we're going through this, I don't want someone to think that I'm kind of picking on people who use this verse or things like that. But I do want to say this. It is very important how we handle the scriptures. We all would agree with that, right? And having a misunderstanding or taking a passage out of context can lead to a lot of problems. 
One of the biggest problems it can lead to is people having false hope. One of the biggest things you'll see when you watch preachers on television, many times they go to Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, and they tell the audience, and they'll look at the audience, they'll look at the television, or look at the, the camera and say, you will receive power from on high. And a lot of people just have a misunderstanding that somehow they're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit, and they're disappointed when that doesn't happen. And there's a lot of other verses that we could go to where a lot of times people look at that one verse and they have certain expectations and they have failed to look at the context and they have failed to harmonize that passage with what the Bible may say in other places. And so this is a a study that's good for us to make sure that we know how to rightly divide the word of truth and that we understand what passages like Jeremiah 29 verse number 11 are really talking about. If you haven't seen this somewhere, you're going to hear it at some point in time. So first, let's begin by looking at the background information of the book of Jeremiah or some background information. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 1. In Jeremiah chapter 1, we're introduced to Jeremiah and we see that God had called Jeremiah. He was going to be a prophet to the people of Judah. And what we find here, I'm going to give you some basic facts. That Jeremiah, number one, he began to prophesy around 627 B.C. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 1, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest, who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. God is going to talk to Jeremiah, and he's going to send him to his people. And Jeremiah, he's going to go to people who are stubborn in nature. People who are, were the people of God, and yet they would refuse to listen to the prophets. They would refuse to listen to Jeremiah in particular. And so his message is going to be one of uh, impending judgment. He's going to remind the people of the problem that they had, the problem of sin, the problem of turning away from the Lord. Look at chapter 2 and notice in verse number 4. Jeremiah, he would go to the people and he would say, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What injustice did your fathers find in me, that they went far from me and walked after emptiness and became empty? The Lord is asking the people there, What essentially have I done to you for you to behave like this and to treat me like this? In verse 6, he would go on to say, They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of deep darkness through a land that no one crossed and where no man dwelt. I brought you into the fruitful land to eat its fruit and its good things, but you came and defiled my land. God was reminding them of the great blessings he'd given to them. They were his elect and yet they would rebel. He said, but you came and defiled my land and my inheritance you made an abomination. The priests did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers have also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that they did not, that did not profit. Look at verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. As we go back to Jeremiah 29, and we'll get there in a few minutes, it's important to understand this background information. That Jeremiah is going to go to the people of Judah, and he's going to speak about their sin, their rebelliousness, and he's going to talk about impending judgment. He's going to make it very clear to them that because of their idolatry, because they have rejected the prophets time and time again, that God is going to deliver them into the hands of the nation of Babylon. Look over in Jeremiah chapter 25. This is the message that Jeremiah is going to proclaim time and time again. This is important 
to make sure that we have a good understanding of what Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is actually saying and how to understand that. In Jeremiah 25 verse number 1, the Bible says this, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, I'm going to read this, not all of it, but I want you to follow along with me if you can. Look at verse number three. From the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, these 23 years, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you again and again, but you have not listened. That's a pattern that you find all throughout the prophets. Jeremiah said, I've been preaching this for 23 years to an audience that's not listening to a word I'm saying. I've come to you time again and again, but you have not listened. Verse 4, and the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets, again and again, but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear. You don't listen to them either. Saying, turn now everyone from his evil way and from the evil of your deeds and dwell on the land which the Lord has given to you and your forefathers forever and ever. That's the message of the prophets. And do not go after other gods to serve them and to worship them. And do not provoke me to anger with the work of your hands and I will do you no harm. God was saying, I will spare you if you repent, but you must turn from your wickedness. Verse 7, yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord. In order that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Now watch this. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, declares the Lord. And I will send to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against its inhabitants and against all these nations round about. And I will utterly destroy them. And make them a horror and a hissing and everlasting desolation. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land will be a desolation, desolation and a horror. And these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. You hear the message? Now, this background information is important to, for us to fully understand Jeremiah 29, verse number 11. Jeremiah warned, people, warned Judah of impending judgment. God told them, I'm going to use Babylon, and, and Babylon is going to bring you into captivity. Judah would remain in captivity for 70 years. That's what Jeremiah just told the people. And what we find is that everything that Jeremiah said came to pass. Everything he said And the words that he proclaimed, it came to pass. Hold your hand there just for a moment and go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 36. In 2 Chronicles chapter 36, what we find is that the words of the prophet, the word of God, it all came true. In 2 Chronicles chapter 36, right before the book of Ezra, 2 Chronicles chapter 36, and I want you to notice something here. The Bible says in verse number 17, therefore he brought up against him the king of the Chaldeans, talking about the Babylonians, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or infirm. He gave them all into his hand, all the articles of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and his officers. 
He brought them all to Babylon. That's what Jeremiah said. Then they burned the house of God and broke down the wall of Jerusalem and burned all its fortified buildings with fire and destroyed all its valuable articles. Those who had escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon. And they were servants to him and to his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. That's the background. That's not really a pleasant background, is it? But understanding that is going to go a long way as we look at Jeremiah 29, 11. So now let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29 and let's consider the actual text there in the chapter. And what we're going to do, we're going to look at the first 11 verses there. As we're reading this, I want you to take note of a couple of thoughts that will help us to have a better understanding of Jeremiah chapter or verse number 11 in chapter 29. Look at the first couple of verses there. Jeremiah sent a letter to exiles in Babylon. They're going to receive some information. And what we find in verse number one, it says, Now these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the court officials, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. This letter was sent by the hand of Elisah, the son of Shaphan, and it will go on. This was sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, look at verse number four. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this is a message going to people in captivity. Understanding these few verses here is going to help us to understand verse number 11. Jeremiah is going to send some news, and basically what he's going to tell them is, you guys need to get really comfortable because you're not going anywhere. And things aren't necessarily going to get better just like that. You're going to have to stay in Babylon for a period of time. And so I want you to, to live. I want you to build homes. I want you to get comfortable as much as you can. In verse number five, he said, build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not increase. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. He's talking about where they are in Babylon and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will have welfare. He's going to tell them something else. Listen, by the way, while you guys are there, make sure you don't listen to the false prophets. There were some men, there were false prophets during that time saying, listen, your, your time here is going to be short. You're not going to be here for too long. You can read Jeremiah chapter 28, the last couple of verses, there was a false prophet there who was trying to tell the people, listen, your time is going to be short here. But in verse number 8 of chapter 29, Jeremiah says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your uh, diviners deceive you and do not listen to the dreams which they dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. He wanted them to understand. Listen to the real prophet. Jeremiah, he has my message. He is my messenger. And what he is telling you is not good news, but it is the truth. You're going to remain here for a period of time. In fact, you're going to remain here until the 70 years has been fulfilled. And verse number 10, he says, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. 
So think about all this. Do you see what Jeremiah is telling the people? Do you see the problem of the people, the background of this book? So when you get to verse number 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. First of all, we understand who God is talking to. He's not talking to us about our circumstances or about getting certain things in this life, a job or whatever the case may be. He's not talking about our situation improving. He's talking to those who are in exile. And he's helping them to see, listen, yeah, you're going to stay here, but after a period of time, I am going to allow you to return back to your home. Those who obeyed God would be able to return home. There would be hope for those in captivity. That's the message that he's trying to get across. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Understanding this goes a long way with making sure that we understand what Jeremiah 29, 11 is really talking about. And what we find here was the disobedience of God's people. And what God desired from his people was to repent, to return back to him. And he would bless them when they came back to him. They would be able to one day to go back home. But make no mistake about it, they would have to endure this punishment. They were not going anywhere from Jerusalem. They were going to stay there until the time was up. And they would have to reap what they had sowed. Jeremiah 29, verse number 11, while it's a, it can be an encouraging passage, and it sounds very encouraging, certainly it was for those who were in exile for those who were going through some difficult days. But so many times people just turn to Jeremiah 29, 11 and just try to apply it directly to our lives and our situation and things that we may want. And when you look at the context, my friends, that's not what God is trying to get across at all. So understanding the, the bigger context and tackling the text is going to help us go a long way. Now, that's not to say that we can't learn some things from Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11. Jeremiah 29, verse number 11, is more than just a good verse to put on a bumper sticker. It's more than a good verse just to post and say, okay, there's plans for you. The Lord has plans for you. Well, that's what it says, but truly understanding the context will help us to have maybe a better understanding. And so it's more than just motivating or trying to motivate people on Facebook or something like that. It really should be a verse that should cause us to have a better appreciation about God and his will. And about understanding what God desires from his people. When I look at Jeremiah 29 verse 11, there are at least five things that we can take away. When we look at this simple study here, there are some things that we can take away. The first thing that we can take away is that when it comes to studying the word of God, we must be careful how we study the scriptures. I think all of us would agree with that. And yet this is something that we need to be reminded of. I need to be reminded of this and so do you. That we need to be careful with how we study the scriptures. I remember years ago when I was in Rockford, I always thought that Lucifer in Isaiah 14 was the devil. Lucifer is the devil, right? Everybody talks about that. You listen to ESPN on Halloween, they talk about Lucifer, the devil. And we sometimes use that language that Lucifer is the devil. No, he's not. <laughs> now when you read Isaiah chapter 14, and somebody may be thinking, really, he's not? I've always thought that. 
Well, we can think a lot of things, but diving into the scriptures is what we're going to have to do. And so we're going to have to be careful how we study the Bible. So as we study, there's always two friends that we need to have, context and harmony. Context and harmony are always going to be our best friends to ensure that we come to the proper conclusion. Now, does anyone like it when someone takes your words out of context? When you say something and someone uses your words and you say, that's not what I meant at all. We don't like that, right? Do you think the Lord likes that? Of course not. And so we got to be careful how we use the word of God. Uh, These words are inspired and are to be respected, and we need to make sure that we are handling them correctly. Now, sometimes we may do things by accident, but we always need to make sure that we're trying to handle the word of God correctly, which means that we're going to have to really dive into the scriptures, really make sure we understand what's going on. Number two, from Jeremiah 29, verse number 11, you can learn that God expected his people to listen to his word. There's no difference with those who are in the old covenant and those who are in a new covenant with Christ today. God expects his people today to listen to his words. What got Judah into trouble? They didn't listen. 23 years, the prophet Jeremiah is going to them. He said again and again, you're not listening to a word that I'm saying. And they got into trouble time and time again. Look back in Jeremiah chapter 26. Jeremiah chapter 26. Uh, This is Jeremiah's sermon, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but we'll look at it again. In Jeremiah 26, you see the heart of the people. And while it's easy to look at the people in the days of the Old Testament, I got to look at myself and you got to look at yourself. Are we truly going to listen to the word of God? Thus says the Lord in verse two, stand in the court talking to Jeremiah, the Lord's house. Speak to all the cities of Judah who have come to worship in the Lord's house. All the words that I have commanded you to speak to them, do not omit a word. Perhaps they will listen and everyone will turn from his evil way that I may repent of the calamity, which I am planning to do to them because of the evil of their deeds. And you will say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law, which I have set before for you to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I have been sending to you again and again, but you have not listened. Then I will make this house like Shiloh. In this city, I will make a curse to all the peoples of the nations of the earth, or to all the nations of the earth. The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. The leaders heard them. The priests and the prophets. When Jeremiah finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, The priests and the prophets and all the people seized him saying, you must die. Well, that's not a good type of, uh, not a good heart to have. They weren't listening to the word of God. They weren't listening to the prophets. They rejected God's messengers over and over again. Question for us. Well, we do the same. We listen to the word of God every week. Hopefully we listen to the word of God every day. And while we are under grace, we still need to keep God's commandments if we don't. We will reap what we sow. God expects his people to listen to his word. Number three, something else we can learn from this is that God desires his people to live righteously. He wants his people to follow him. He wants his people to turn away from sin. That's the message that he was trying to get across back in Jeremiah chapter 29. When you look again at verse number 12 and 13, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. That's what he desired. I want you to truly follow after me and to live a certain way and to turn away from your wickedness. God does have a plan for us. His plan for us is to live righteously. 
His plan for us is to follow in his son's footsteps. His plan for us is for us is to love him with all of our hearts and to turn from sin. People talk so much about plans and what is it that God has in store for me and and what am I going to get? And so many times, if not careful, we can focus only on physical things. But wait a second. God has a plan for you and for me. And he wants us to live righteously. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to be in heaven with him one day. That may not be as popular, but that's the truth. And that's what we need to go after in in our lives. Even in the midst of trials, whatever situation we may find ourselves, we need to know that God certainly, he has a plan for us. He wants us to remain with him. And he promises that he will always take care of us, no matter what the situation may be. Even for those who were in captivity in Babylon, they still had hope. And that's one of the messages you'll find in the prophets of the Old Testament, that God would demonstrate compassion toward them and that he would allow them to come back home if they were willing to repent. Another point of application for us as we consider Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, God is going to judge his people. God will judge his people. Do not be deceived. If it happened to Judah, it will happen to us. While there's so many things for us to think about with respect to God, his love, his mercy, his grace, his compassion, his forgiveness, we cannot be unbalanced and not talk about his justice or the fact that he's one day going to judge his people. That may not be popular in our society, but that's what we find. And that's one of the important reasons for us, I think, to study not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament. God is just. And everything he does is righteous and holy. And what we find is that God is going to judge his people. And when we decide to refuse to listen to him, we can't ignore what will happen to us one day. Finally, from Jeremiah 29, verse 11, here's something I think we can take away. How about we learn and live from Judah instead of living and learning? We have these stories in the Old Testament for our benefit, for our knowledge, for, so that we can grow and so that we can avoid certain things that we don't even need to go through. The, the prophets recorded these so the future generations of the Jews would see God and understand him and know and to follow him. And we have these words today so that we might learn from them. And so one of the best ways for us to learn, we don't have to live and learn the hard way in life. We don't have to live and learn and say, you know what, it really doesn't pay not to listen to God. <laughs> I, re- I really do need to listen to what he says in his word. How about we learn and live with what he shows us in his word? When we do, our lives will be much better for it. Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11, it is a powerful text. And it is a text that shows and demonstrates hope for those who are in Babylonian exile, for those who had rebelled against God, and for those who were willing to turn back to the true and living God. Let's make sure we have a good understanding of what God was saying in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11. This verse here, though, is only one of many verses we probably could talk about when it comes to a misunderstanding that sometimes we can have and even people, and people in the world can have. People can have a misunderstanding about Isaiah 14 and Lucifer. And many times people have a misunderstanding about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's true. Everything Jesus said there is true. But understanding what belief entails and what God desires from us to do is critically important. Many times people go to that verse and say, all you have to do is believe or just say some prayer to be saved. And they fail to use the two best friends in Bible study, context and harmony. 
And so we have to gather up all the facts. We have to listen to what Jesus said also in passages like Mark 16 and verse number 16. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Let's make sure that we don't have a misunderstanding about that. Maybe there's someone who needs to do that tonight. Don't be deceived. Open up your Bible. Study for yourself. And make sure you understand what the will of the Lord is for you and how you can receive God's saving grace. If you're subject to the invitation, come now as we stand. We sing.